Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Joe Biden is an old senile man who can't do the job. My name is Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I said it, I meant it, it's fact, and it's over. I'm not going to sit here, and you're not going to sit there, and we are not going to pretend that everything is fine. Everything is fine. To quote Marcellus Wallace, everything is pretty blanking far from okay. The man is not well. The man is not together. And no one who says this should be thought of as cogent and prepared to run a country. All right. God save the queen, man. What is he, punk rock? He's giving a speech... In Connecticut, talking about gun safety, and he ends it with God save the queen, man. Now, maybe I got to take a step back. Maybe I got to go back to when he had an introduction in Philadelphia by Senator John Fetterman, who, speaking of people who are not okay. The president, again, next to a a collapsed bridge here, and he is here to commit to work with the the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. I'm not going to pretend that everybody understood what he said, the senator from Pennsylvania, and I'm not making fun of him. I'm disgusted by the people who allow this guy to continue. The people of Pennsylvania who accept this garbage. His family, his staff, the Democratic Party with Joe Biden standing next to him. It's a pleasure to be here and to introduce my my friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, Congressman Brendan Boyle. Oh, so you were introducing Congressman Brendan Boyle, were you? My friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. That's Congressman Brendan Boyle. My friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. Only people who hate John Fetterman think John Fetterman is okay. Only people who hate him, who want to use him, who profit off of him, think that this is okay. Guys... What are we willing to accept and what are we not? And for the people who say to me, well, what, uh, what about Trump? You're, you're, you really got a problem here, don't you? We're not talking about Trump. You can talk about Trump from now until the end of time. We're talking about John Fetterman here. And then we're talking about this from your commander in chief. All right. God save the queen, man. 
how punk rock. God save the queen, man. I don't know how I feel about my president saying, God save the queen. Now, the odds that Joe Biden was talking about Camilla Parker Bowles, I say very small. I'm willing to bet you in that moment, he didn't know that Queen Elizabeth was dead because Joe Biden's not okay. Don't tell me that it's ageism to notice. Kiss off, losers. That man is too old to do the job. He can't do it. It's not all right. What are you doing? Why are you promoting this? Now, I'm going to get into a whole conversation that some people are starting to go in a different direction. I'm going to dig into it because it's a very interesting direction. But I want to start with a baseline, damn it. I want to start with a baseline. I want to start with reality. The reality states that Joe Biden is not okay. This old man doesn't know where he is half the time, at least from his own expressions, even after this. He says, God save the queen, man. He's then like, do I go off the stage this way? Do I go off that way? And then some somebody's like, no, it's over this way. And someone's directing him, go off this way. And he's giving it a little run, like he's so youthful and spry. He's not. He barely can explain a, a, a thought. He is constantly confusing things. He is constantly engaged in commentary that makes no sense whatsoever. And we're going to pretend that it's all fine and good. It's not all fine and good. And I'm not going to listen to progressives tell me, but Trump. But Trump is like saying, butter emails. Which, oh, no, no, it's actually nothing like that. Because um, Hillary's emails, uh, deleting them, was a criminal activity. So it does still count. We're done thinking that everything is fine. You think this guy is okay? Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We stop. It has to stop. When people... The, the, the White House put out uh, the, the, the duo doing the work, and it was Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris, like, holding hands. It's like, what, what are you, who are you kidding here? And this is the part that matters. My conversation today is not one of politics. It is one of facts. Undeniable facts that this man is not okay. That what we are seeing and what we are experiencing as a nation is not good. And this is the argument against putting people who are 70 and 80 years old into office. And this argument is going to get used against Donald John Trump. The argument is going to get used. I didn't say it was going to work. I have no idea if it's going to work. I'm telling you it's going to get used. 
These people aren't all right. People get older and they're not okay. Diane Feinstein doesn't remember that she was not working for a while because she had shingles. Now, Chuck Grassley is 88 years old, Republican. There should be a serious argument about replacing him in Iowa. Of course there should. Now, he hasn't shown the lack of acuity that Biden is showing. He hasn't shown the lack of acuity that Dianne Feinstein is showing. And when we talk about John Fetterman, it's not because of age, it's because of the stroke. And if his family loved him at all, they would be doing things to protect him and care for him and his health. I guess uh, I guess the party comes first or something like that. The age conversation in America has now come. Don't get me wrong. It's been around. But the level of unavoidable is through the roof. Joe Biden's too old to be president. And anybody who disagrees is crazy. That's a very, very direct thing to say. Dismiss someone altogether. But let me say it again in case you missed it. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden can be president or isn't too old is out of their head. We're through the looking glass, everybody. We cannot be a nation that elects 80-year-olds because we have to accept the limitations of the man. Responsibility and rationality require us to People get older and they slip. I didn't say they should be put out to pasture. I'm not suggesting soil and green for everybody. I am stating what we know to be true. My father's brain still works. The guy can't be president. My father's brain at 85 works better than Joe Biden's brain. My father couldn't be president. Not a chance. That's nothing against my dad. That is that is a a a rational thought. My father at 55, my father 55 could have been president and it would have been hilarious. Not for the communists. But for us, oh, we would have had a real good time. Whoo! My father's president would have been a treat. 85 can't do it. Cannot do it. So it's, it's, it's up to us to start making statements. There are things that we, the American people, won't accept. And one of them is, sometimes you're too damn old. That's right, you're too old. There'll be a moment I'm too old. I do this radio show every day. I do two radio shows every day. I do a weekend show. I'm about to engage other content. Before before the show today, got off the phone to start solidifying things. I don't work in a 30-year plan. I work in a 10-year plan because there will come a moment that I will be too old. 
that I will not have the voice, that I will, I will not have the capacity to think as quickly as I do right now, which is pretty much a necessity if you want to do a show like this. That's just the way it is. Now, I could be wrong. I can go for another 20 years. But within those 20 years, you know what I'm not going to have access to? Any nuclear weaponry. That's the way it is. I don't suggest that we say, up oh, over this age, we don't allow you to run. We say over 35 to be president of the United States. I'm not in favor of creating some level of cap. I'm in favor of, of us as rational people doing the right thing. And the right thing is acknowledging that Joe Biden isn't okay. That he is an old man who is not aware of his surroundings and says things like this. All right. God save the queen, man. Not only is it ridiculous, as president of the United States, it's downright insulting. Then again, he doesn't know that he's insulting the country because he doesn't know that the queen is dead. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be stopped. My gosh. Delegate Stacey Plaskett, representative from the islands. Um... You you just said that Trump needs to be shot. Were you were you having a, a little Freudian kind of weird? Okay. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. No, just a mispronunciation. Maybe we should just leave it at that. We shouldn't think, you know, so so negatively of the representative from the Virgin Islands. This brings us over to a story over uh, about YouTube, hotair.com. With the story. The story is that um, there was a video that was posted of a gay pride parade, a family friendly pride parade. Follow this. This is convoluted. It was posted by a man who claims to be a woman by the name of Blair White. Blair White is a conservative. I think I've got this all together now. I think I've got this all understood. So Blair White posts 
video of a pride parade. The video gets posted to YouTube, then decides to censor the content. On Wednesday, YouTube added an age restriction to a video from transsexual YouTuber Blair White, who shared a video of a pride parade where children were present. YouTube determined that the content, quote, may not be suitable for viewers under the age of 18. Blair White then goes about asking the question, if it's not appropriate for minors to watch on YouTube, how is it appropriate for them to go to the actual events? That's, um, that's a good question. That's a very, very good question. When videos of these parades get put on TV, they blur things out because it's not appropriate. But oh yeah, bring your children because it's family friendly. I must say that it's always a pleasure when people point out what we know to be true. That every conversation about family friendly, that's... So the media has something to talk about that isn't the reality. Here's the reality. Why did YouTube censor this? And how come 500 groups haven't just been outraged and demanded someone be fired? Oh, and wait till I get into the Dodgers. I, I will get in to the whole uh, Dodgers thing uh, and, and uh, their support of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a, a very hateful group indeed. But all these things happen, and we watch. And we know more and more that we are not crazy. Yet, the people who want to call us crazy, terrible, bigoted, hateful, they don't stop. They don't stop. They keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming. I've got a story on that 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 i got to get to. Of what just happened in Indiana. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. They don't stop. But you're not crazy. I think that's really important to note. You see the world as it is. You understand that when people push family friendly, no, it's not. You understand that it's absolutely wrong for a drag queen to want to do a suggestive bit of dancing in front of children. Of course it's wrong. What's super weird is that there are parents who take their kids. It's weird. And it's okay for us to say those are weird parents. And it is certainly okay to say this does not belong in the schools. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's just okay to say. I think it's your responsibility to say. Oh, I know what they're going to call you. I know what they're going to call me. I know what they're going to call everybody. What does it matter? Name calling or your kid's future. You decide. You decide which one is more important. I'm here to tell you, I've made my decisions. YouTube made their decisions. YouTube agreed with you. YouTube said that this isn't family friendly.
If the progressives at YouTube don't think it's family-friendly, it's not family-friendly. Just isn't. Oh, but I cannot wait to hear how they spin this away. Uh, but I, I, I'll give you a hint on how they'll do it. They'll never talk about it. They'll just act like it's not happening. It'll just just blow right away. Not blowing right away is China. There's actually two parts to the China story. As Secretary Blinken, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, met with President Xi Jinping, the president for life, uh, dictator, if you will, of, of China. And I've got some of his commentary. But always remember there's two parts to the China story. What is now and what is coming. Let's get into the what is now. Oh, and Joe Rogan and, and uh, RFK Jr. in a debate on vaccines. Let's talk about that. Next question goes to Ni Xiaowen with Phoenix TV. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. I'm from Phoenix TV. Uh, we know for some time now the United States has been pushing dialogue with China. But at the same time, we saw the United States has included some Chinese companies to its entity list, uh, restricted chips act, uh, chips exports to China, and plan to limit investment in high-tech sector. And China believes that the United States is both seeking dialogue and at the same time containing China. So I want to ask, how will you as address these concerns and to show sincerity? To communicate. It's good to see that the Communist Chinese Party believes in freedom of the press. When, of course, you're asking a question of the American Secretary of State, when the answer is clear, well, yes, uh, we are wanting to work with China and contain China. What? Are you that dumb? I guess you can't answer like that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what is going down? 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number. 833-468-8669. This meeting between Anthony Blinken and President Xi Jinping, the president for life uh, of China, was important. This was the meeting that was supposed to take place in February, but didn't because of the spy balloon. Oh, you remember the spy balloon, don't you? That's right, I do it in the German. It makes it more creepy. The spy balloon prevented the conversation from taking place and everything got delayed. And of course, America was overreacting. And now here's America acting to contain. We are playing a dance with China. And I want to first get into how Blinken answered the question. Thank you. Well, uh, as I noted, this was actually an important part of the conversations that we had. And as I suggested to our colleague a few minutes ago, um, it was important to me um, that we make clear the very clear difference between uh, allegations that we were that we're trying to contain China and decouple economically, as opposed to what we're actually doing, which is, as I've said, de-risking uh, and also uh, diversifying when it comes. There is no doubt 
And I think any smart business owner is already on top of this. And I only hope that there are uh, smart politicos uh, on top of this. One must decouple from China in order to have a future. The future is not Chinese manufacturing. I was, so this was 14 years, 15 years ago. It's weird when you can have a memory like it was yesterday, it was 15 years ago. There's a whole thing about age there, but we'll get to that another time. I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm at South by Southwest, which is a music and entertainment and film uh, expo. And they had just added a whole thing about video and video blogging and and, and social media conversations. And I was doing some work then in that space. And I was there. It was a unique thing to be a part of. I was certainly not a big name uh, in it, but I was part of th- this group of people really doing some interesting stuff. Even if I disagreed with them politically, what did it matter? They were doing interesting things, creating interesting things. And everybody was kind of fascinated by it. It was, it was a super, it was a super cool thing to be a, a part of. I'm there at, I think the place is called Iron Cactus on the roof, having a conversation with a guy about manufacturing. To date, I am probably the only conservative any of those people have ever met or had, a, had an a, a intense dialogue with. And he was trying to explain to me about how manufacturing is completely unnecessary. We need to be a service-oriented economy. Let the Chinese do the manufacturing. To which I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. You don't quite understand the future. Now, I thought it was a ridiculous idea because I thought it was a bad idea to say all your manufacturing should be out of country. That's, a, that's just madness. I didn't realize how right I was because I didn't have all of the data in front of me. I only knew conceptually at the time. And all the data states there are reasons, serious reasons, to pull one's manufacturing from China. Never mind uh, the idea of theft, and never mind the idea of safety and security, and national security. National security is a big part of the story. China is a threat. Now, China has its own issues, as I said, I'll I'll get into. But China is absolutely a threat. They're an economic threat. They're a military threat. And I don't know if it does us any good for for the Secretary of State to to be making statements like this. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. One China policy. Uh, That policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We remain committed to meeting our responsibilities under the Taiwan Relations Act, including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. It was Joe Biden who did intimate that Taiwan independence was was possible and, and probable and necessary. So you'll defend Taiwan? I mean, that, that's what you said at the end here, right? Under the Taiwan Relations Act, including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. 
but you don't support Taiwan independence. The six assurances, these are all frameworks that have been developed over the years uh, to make a statement to a global world, um, but not necessarily be full-throated. It's, it's mealy-mouthed. China is a threat. It is an economic threat and it is a military threat. And those threats are not going away anytime soon. And Anthony Blinken, in a discussion of, of this, trying to, to make it sound like, look, uh, if China does well, we're all doing well, and that's what really matters. As opposed to what we're actually doing, which is, as I've said, de-risking uh, and also uh, diversifying when it comes to our supply chains. Um, as I mentioned, the economic relationship with China is vitally important and also when it's fair um, a very positive thing for countries around the world and at a time when countries are trying to rebound from from covid something the united states has done very successfully uh, we want to see growth we want to see success in every part of the world uh, including of course in the major economies like china it's in our interest um, but at the same time as i said it's not in our interest to provide technology to China that could be used against us. There's a, in, in diplomacy, there's a moment, I think, and we, we see it a lot, of, of being too deferential. And I argue that we play in a very, very, in a far too overtly deferential way to China. And... While I can appreciate that you don't necessarily go about poking the bear or creating issues for yourself, there's a little bit too much at play here. Um, China has taken the approach of being unrelenting in their admonishment of the United States. When Blinken last met with the Chinese in Alaska, I believe it was, it was him getting lectured to by the Chinese about what? Human rights and other things. Holy crap. Still, they allow the, uh, the they, they allow for this almost reverence. Deferential, I think the right word for it. And I believe that there needs to be a bit of change in that approach. Because what we are dealing with is China's desire to grow outside of their boundaries through the flat-out buying of African nations and of South American nations to try and move nations off of the dollar and onto the yuan to change that, the entire flow that has kept the stability. And the stability is at risk. And the stability is certainly at risk if you consider to act in this overly deferential way to a nation that doesn't deserve it, that gave the world COVID, that lied to the world, that steals from the world, and now engages in trying to buy up countries, take the airports and control them, and say, you have no way out unless you do our bidding. We have a military threat in China. We have an economic threat in China, as I discussed the production. 
But we also have to recognize China's own issues. I will get to that coming up in a bit. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. These topics. And Molly, finally, what should the White House, the Biden campaign do about this? Should they do anything? Are they just going to have to spend the next several months just ignoring RFK Jr.? Well, Joe Biden is an incumbent, right? He is an incumbent president. I mean, generally, parties don't have primaries when they have an incumbent president running again. So I think they should ignore him. Look, he should not be the only person running for the primary in New Hampshire. I mean, the Biden administration, if they're going to have a primary, should have him on the ticket. But obviously, the whole idea that this guy who's just magically appeared, who has connections to a lot of the right wing media is suddenly a challenger for the incumbent president is completely insane. And I would not let these people set the narrative. He's an incumbent president running for reelection. He doesn't need to debate RFK. That's Molly Jong Fast, who is as wrong as wrong can be. She's talking about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's got 20% in the polls. He's not some fly-by-night. Now, you could say, I disagree with him about vaccines. I disagree with him about this, that, and the other. On policy, I disagree with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in ways I cannot describe. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. But... You get this this level of, of so-called intellectual on the left, and Molly Jong Fast, who I've only had unpleasant interactions with, and they were years ago, and I'm glad that I don't interact now. This all comes to a head because of Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his show. By the way, uh, I, had, I had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. first. Just saying what is. Just say That's right. That's right, Rogan. Um there's a, a guy, uh, a vaccine uh, expert, if you will, a doctor by the name of Peter Hotez, who has been on Rogan's show, and then RFK Jr. comes on the show, and they're talking about vaccines, and man, RFK Jr.'s got serious issues with vaccines and COVID vaccines, and Rogan now wants to hear from this doctor and wants to hear a, a debate. The doctor starts tweeting things out like, why in the world would anybody listen to Joe Rogan about these things? And Rogan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're having conversations. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, all of a sudden, there's a conversation about how we're not supposed to have conversations about these things. First, we couldn't talk about vaccines because you were going to get everybody killed. And then when you're talking about the data of what the vaccines have done and not everybody has done well from the vaccines, it's not really right to discuss these things as as political issues. Holy cow. Well, then came the conversation that uh, Joe Rogan's like, hey, I'll I'll uh, I'll give you one hundred thousand dollars. I believe it is to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on my show about the vaccines. And so where does this Dr. Hotez go? He goes to MSNBC. He goes to talk to Mehdi Hassan about this very important issue because he clearly doesn't want to have the conversation uh, with uh, Joe Rogan. 
And he says this. Point is, anti-vaccine disinformation, it's always done a lot of damage and harm, but now it's a yeah. lethal force in the United States. And that's why we that's why we have to have that discussion. And I offered to come and talk to go on Joe Rogan again. I've been on a couple of times yeah. and have that discussion with him, but not to turn it into the Jerry Springer show with having RFK Jr. <laughs> on. Now, if you don't want to do a debate, I think that's totally fine. You don't have to be a part of it. But when you want to now go about disparaging the the point of view of a presidential candidate and not willing to back it up, seems kind of awkward. It seems kind of strange. It seems that Rogan has hit into something that we have certainly discussed and we all know. Somehow people believe on the left that the prevailing orthodoxy The statement of the accepted elitist shall not be questioned. Guys, every statement can be questioned. Everything I say on the show can be questioned. Why not? Why would I? You know, there are moments where I'll say, like, this is not a debate. Well, someone may still debate it. I'm trying to make a point. They could be like, oh, no, I'm going to debate it. You don't get to tell me it's not debatable. Oh, holy hell. I didn't realize that that there were that many people out there with such small minds. The story here is that a doctor wants to tell a presidential candidate that they don't know what they're talking about. The presidential candidate wants to debate the subject with the doctor to prove he does know what he's talking about. The doctor then says, I'm not going to get into this because it shouldn't be political. And then he gets backup from so-called intellectuals who get to go on CNN and make levels of outrageous claim that nobody has to put up with this crackpot RFK Jr. That's how that flow is, and that's why it matters so much. And you know what they're most bothered by, that Joe Rogan will get a much more a much bigger audience uh, than CNN ever could. As a matter of fact, Molly Jong Fast, J-O-N-G, Molly Jong Fast, she's now saying, why won't Joe Rogan debate me? She just, she just wants the attention. She figures she can jump on this and get some attention. That's precious. I don't know why the Democrats are sleeping on uh, RFK. Oh, I, I do know why the establishment is. But that's all right, because the establishment seems to be pushing for somebody else. Wait till you hear that story. That's coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.